This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, I'm Alyssa Carroll, and welcome to Serial Killing, a podcast. I thought now might be a good time to circle back and see if we have any updates regarding the Lori Vallow's missing children case. So if you haven't heard my first podcast about Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell and this whole ridiculous and scary mess, go back and listen and you'll be caught up to about February of this year. Or you may already be completely up to speed having listened to everyone else talk about it and that's cool. So let's give a super simplified, super fast update. Lori Vallow was married right out of high school to a man that was not a Mormon, which would have been a huge no-no because her and her family were all about the Mormonism. That first husband is just, uh, you know, who knows where. She married her second husband and had her son Colby. Then that marriage ended and she married husband number three and that's who she had her daughter Tylee with. His name was Joseph and they divorced. Oh, and also Tylee's father is suddenly dead recently. Then Lori marries Charles Vallow and together they adopt JJ from Charles's family. His sister is JJ's biological grandmother. JJ is also autistic and has very specific specialized needs, including medications that he has to take. So at this point, Lori has three children and four husbands. Colby is now grown, he's living on his own, and he's okay, other than the fact that he's super pissed at his mom right now. Tylee is her now 17-year-old daughter who was last seen at Yellowstone National Park back in September 2019 and seven-year-old JJ, who was last seen at his school, also back in September, and whose essential medications have not been filled since either. Lori has a brother named Alex, who shot and killed Charles Vallow in a supposed act of defense earlier in 2019, and now Alex is suddenly dead under strange circumstances. Chad Daybell is Lori's fifth husband, and the couple got married like two weeks after his own wife's mysterious death back in October of 2019. There was an exhumation and autopsy ordered on Tammy two months after she was buried, and we're all waiting on the results of that. So, we have Lori's two recently dead ex-husbands, Chad's dead wife, two missing children, and Lori's brother who killed Charles, most likely shot at Lori's niece's ex-husband, and now Alex has died out of nowhere back in December. Lori was told by the Idaho courts to produce her children to make sure that they were okay, and she refused. So that's kind of the short and skinny of the situation. So... While living in Arizona, poor Charles Vallow, after hearing the strange things his wife was discussing with her new pals that were practicing this offshoot of Mormonism, 
I mean, she was becoming part of a cult, let's call it what it is. He, actually loving his wife, had seen that she was getting into some very strange religious stuff that worried him. So he thinks, you know, perhaps she should be seen by a professional. And she said she would, and then she didn't. So he petitions the court to have her mental health evaluated while put in an involuntary hold. Okay, so Charles's petition stated, quote, Mother has told father, Charles Vallow, that she is sealed, eternally married, that's what sealing is, to the ancient book of Mormon prophet Moroni and that she has lived numerous lives on numerous planets prior to this current life. On January 29th of 2019, during a phone conversation between the parties and after their physical separation, mother informed father that she was a god assigned to carry out the work of the 144,000 at Christ's second coming in July of 2020, and if father got in her way of her mission, she would murder him." Unquote. Another police report states that Charles told the police that he came home one day to find that Lori had changed all the locks in their home, so he literally had to bust his way into his own home to find that she had left, took the kids, moved out, and so on. So in January of 2019, so over a year ago, Lori, obviously pissed, called the police stating that Charles had stolen her purse and her phone from her car while she was dropping JJ off at school. Later, Lori walked into the Gilbert, Arizona Police Department with her friend Melanie and her daughter Tylee. There, she gives a statement to the police, and there's body cam footage of this, so I'll put the link to that down in the podcast notes. But basically, she tells the police while standing at the counter that she caught Charles cheating on her and that she had evidence to prove it, that he travels a lot for business. She said Charles accused her of draining their joint bank account of $35,000, which she just sort of blew off like, yeah, well, it's a joint account, you know. She says she told him not to come home and that she was getting rid of all of his stuff. So Lori, Tylee, and her friend Melanie leave the police station and apparently the officers supposedly called Charles and told him that he could be charged with theft of her person, whatever. So days later after this body cam footage, Charles filed for a divorce. He petitioned for custody of JJ due to her, quote, growing embrace of extreme religious views, unquote, not to mention you know, JJ has very special needs and Lori seemed super distracted. A witness heard Charles and Lori on the phone where Lori told Charles that she would, quote, destroy him. So the police go to pick Lori up for her emergency mental health hold, you know, her involuntary hold, but they, you know, conveniently couldn't find her. So after all of that, Charles goes to pick JJ up for a visitation from Lori's house, and his coming was expected. Alex, Lori's brother, just happened to be spending the night at his sister's house. So Charles shows up, 
Lori starts an argument. The next thing you know, Alex shoots and kills Charles Vallow, supposedly in self-defense, and I'm using huge air quotes with that. Her children were last seen in September 2019. We found out that Lori Vallow and her brother Alex took Tylee and JJ on a trip to Yellowstone National Park in early September. And that is the last time anyone had a visual on Tylee. Lori wrote an email to JJ's Arizona school on September 5th stating she had accepted an out-of-state job and that they were moving quickly. This was when she, she had already enrolled him in school in Idaho, so they were going to Idaho. JJ was last seen at his school in Idaho toward the end of September, so we're talking not even a month's time. Lori disenrolled JJ from the new school in Idaho, stating that she was going to homeschool him. September 24th was Tylee's birthday, but there was no social media to be seen from that teenage girl whatsoever, which is highly unusual. So then October 19th, Chad's wife Tammy went to bed with a cough and then she died in her sleep. Now Lori was telling people that Tylee had died the year before and people knew that that was a lie. At the same time, Chad was telling people that Lori didn't have any minor children. Do you see the problem? Then Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow are married two weeks after Tammy's death in Kauai, Hawaii. So there's some kind of new info for the backstory. Now here's where we get into the new, new information that has come out since February. So in January, Lori Vallow, who was of course found vacationing in Hawaii with her new husband, Chad Daybell, and clear evidence the children had not been there with them, was court ordered to physically produce Tylee and JJ to the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare in Rexburg in the next five days. She refused. So in February, as we know, she was arrested, extradited back to Idaho from Hawaii, where she appeared in court. She was accused of child abandonment, resisting and obstructing an officer, solicitation to commit a crime, mm-hmm, and contempt of court. So remember Lori's niece, Melanie, not the same Melanie as her friend, but her niece, Melanie, that divorced her husband, Brandon Bordeaux, you remember, and basically abandoned her kids to move up to Idaho where Lori was to be with that cult. Brandon, the one that was shot at, most likely by Alex, Lori's brother, that one. So once Melanie got up to Idaho, she very quickly married a guy by the name of Ian Palowski. After that, Melanie stated she was, quote, worried about her children, unquote, and filed a motion regarding child custody against Brandon, who, by the way, took his kids and went into hiding after being shot at because, duh. Brandon states that his now ex-wife Melanie knows where JJ and Tylee are, alive or dead. She, of course, is denying that. Now, while we don't know how, Brandon got his hands on some documents that were supposedly in Ian's computer. Ian is Melanie's new husband. These documents are insane, and I will, of course, put a link to them down in the podcast notes. 
It's way too much to read, but I highly suggest that you do. It will blow your mind. But Ian himself was interviewed by the authorities last fall after spilling the beans with his attorney. Ian apparently stated that, quote, People were zombies in human bodies that have had their original spirits forced from them and have been possessed by either a demon or disembodied spirit or a worm slash slug. Spirits can be pushed from their bodies during traumatic events or deadly injury. Spirits pushed out are trapped in limbo as the body they're tied to is still living but cannot be occupied by them anymore. Unquote. Documents found on Ian's computer describe the, quote, dark church with Cain being the first dark being to be translated. Cain walks the earth with 50 dark translated beings to prevent or delay the Lord's second coming, unquote. This is stuff Ian has wrote, and he apparently mentioned that the two police investigators assigned to the Lori Vallow or Lori Daybell case are, quote, dark beings. So now Ian states that Melanie is the one that brought these beliefs to his attention and that he kept an open mind and that she had learned of these things through the temple and others from Chad and Lori. Ian said that Lori and Chad were nice people, but different. He said some of their ideas seemed to be, quote, ripped straight out of a Dungeons and Dragons manual, unquote. So, I mean, if he wasn't a part of all of this, why on earth would he marry Melanie after hearing what she believed in? I mean, in fact, we already know they married super fast. So then Melanie goes on to tell her new husband that she knew Brandon, her ex-husband, had been possessed by a demon or another dark entity sometime after June of 2019. Ian said, quote, She was either told through revelation or by Chad that something needed to happen to Brandon in order for his spirit to progress and the Lord's plan to continue. She didn't take well to the idea of her husband dying as part of the Lord's plan, but didn't think action would be taken by anyone, unquote. Then Melanie told Ian that, quote, Chad and Lori could have directed Alex to take a shot at Brandon, but it wasn't anything that she was sure about, unquote. Are you guys processing this? Then Ian goes on to say that at this point, only JJ was considered missing and Ian said, quote, Melanie had been told by Chad and Lori that the children had been possessed and had become zombies. She shared concerns that she's been told Brandon needed to die and that may indicate that Tylee and JJ needed to die as well. She told me she was worried that Alex may have had to take care of the kids. She explained that Alex had great faith and never wavered in his trust in the Lord. No task would be too difficult or too great for him, unquote. So, during all of this, Ian has an ex-wife, Natalie, who reached out to Brandon 
During their chat, Brandon told Natalie that Melanie was in a cult and that she had tried to have him killed. So the ex-wife called Ian, scared as any sane freaking person would be, and they agreed to meet up and go to the police. So thankfully, Ian has agreed to cooperate with the authorities completely. Now, whether or not he went because he truly wanted to, or if he's just trying to save his ass, is a whole other matter. The police even set him up to record conversations that he might have with Chad or Lori or anyone else involved in all of this, but no one would speak about the missing children. Ian says he finally fessed up to Melanie that he had gone to the police and he said that she said she was hurt, but that she understood. Ian has stated he wants nothing to do with Chad or Lori and feels bad that his wife was put in the hot seat. Apparently now Melanie doesn't believe in these things that Chad and Lori have told her just mysteriously, all of a sudden she doesn't believe because sure, she's supposedly cooperating with the authorities now and I also find this odd. Now, because Lori did not physically produce the children as she was court ordered to do, she was arrested in Hawaii and extradited back to Idaho. The friend she said the kids were with back in Arizona were not there. That friend was the one that she went to the police with to say that Charles had stolen her purse. Remember, this is, this is the same friend that she said her kids were with and they're not with her. So Lori gets back to Idaho and was being held on a $5 million bond, and then somehow she was able to get that lowered to a $1 million bond. In early March, the judge that had been assigned to the trial disqualified himself from the case after there was a motion to disqualify him. So the preliminary hearing that was scheduled for March 18th had to be pushed out to May 7th. Also, two of her three attorneys have also withdrawn themselves from the case, but why they did is a mystery. The document entered states, quote, Good cause exists for granting this motion based upon the standards set forth in the Idaho criminal rules and Idaho rules of professional conduct. Counsel cannot reveal more information than this without disclosing privileged attorney-client communications. Unquote. And Lori isn't getting bonded out either because the bond companies flat out will not work with her, and I don't blame them. Now, the Madison County prosecutor filed an initial discovery disclosure showing what they've gathered in the case so far. One of the things on the list seemed to be two different security videos from Yellowstone where Tylee was last seen. They've also apparently gotten a hold of security footage from the Idaho Falls airport. They have the security footage from the storage unit that we've all seen where, you know, Alex, they think it's Alex, it could be Chad, but most likely Alex carrying these like super heavy, cumbersome totes out of the storage locker. It's very strange. And this storage locker, it was searched and the children's things were in there that no sane mother would abandon or leave behind. Things like their baby photo albums and so on. 
Also on the list are more than 500 photos taken by the Rexburg police. The body cam footage with the police officers from various dealings with her and Alex. Interviews with family members such as JJ's biological grandparents, Lori's niece Melanie, a hired nanny that was hired by Lori days before JJ went missing, and the statements and recordings from Ian Palowski, Melanie's new husband. So, in an article dated April 12th, 2020, which was yesterday as I'm writing out my notes for this podcast, the Idaho Attorney General has taken over the investigation about the whereabouts of JJ and Tylee. The Fremont County Prosecutor contacted the Attorney General's office requesting assistance into the investigation into the death of Tammy Daybell, Chad's wife. Oh, and a side note, Lori Vallow bought wedding rings just two weeks before Chad's wife mysteriously died. Mm Mm-hmm. So the response will come as no surprise to any of you. Lori Vallow and Chad Dale listed along with the labels, quote, conspiracy, murder, attempted murder, unquote. So this hasn't been like officially entered, but it does give a look into the fact that the couple are now being investigated for more than just the missing children. Lori recently put in to have her bond lowered yet again, and again it was denied. So we are still waiting on the autopsy and toxicology reports from Tammy Daybell. We are also waiting on the same for Alex Cox, Lori's brother, who is believed to have shot at Brandon. He was at Yellowstone when Tylee was last seen, and he is the one that killed Charles Vallow. Alex, of course, was found dead the day after it was announced that Tammy was being exhumed. Mm-hmm. He was found face down on the floor in the bathroom by his brand new stepson, who called 911, stating that Alex was still breathing in that moment. When the 911 operator told the 25-year-old stepson to turn Alex's body over onto his back so that he could start CPR, the young man kind of haphazardly tried but said Alex was too big. Alex was dead by the time the paramedics got there. And don't forget Joseph Ryan, Tylee's biological father, died from a heart attack, big air quotes, in 2018. And both he and Lori had been known to fight over custody and situations with Tylee. Alex even threatened to kill Joseph on the outside court steps and was arrested. Mm-hmm. And of course, we are still waiting to hear what happened to JJ and Tylee. That's the most important thing. And unless something becomes public beforehand, we are all stuck waiting until the first part of May for Lori's hearing. So that's it. That's the updates. Thanks for listening. Consider sponsoring the podcast. The link to my Patreon is also in the notes. I appreciate you guys more than you'll ever know, and I want you guys to stay strong and stay sane during our quarantine and have a great day.